Welcome to the Build Podcast, a ministry of the next-gen team of First Baptist Owasso. We believe the next generation, the children being raised right now, will change the world. They matter to God, to you, and to us. In this episode of Build, Mark Jones talks about dealing with entitlements and a lack of respect. Every day you can make a difference in a life of a child. You are not alone. This is Build. Well, thank you all for having me. My name is Mark Jones, and uh, I um, am from Quell Springs Baptist Church in Oklahoma City, and I have a little website called mrmarksclassroom.com, and you can see other resources and books and things that I have there. But let's go ahead and get started. How do we deal with this issue of entitlements? Mm. It is a <laughs> it is a force to be beckoned with. I mean, reckoned with, beckoned, reckoned with that we... That we are dealing with that, you know, your child has, uh, has lost their North Face jacket and they expect you to replace it for the third time, you know, because it's no big deal. Just replace it. They expect to be driven to practice to someone's house, back to a, another person's house. They forgot their books. They expect you to take them to go get it. I mean, you are uh, asked so many times and for so much stuff and and the, the time that I was developing this conference, actually, I got it from a wonderful book called Vintage Values, Modern Parenting Vintage Values. I've got to say it correctly. Uh, Sissy Goff is one of the, uh, the writers on that. Uh, Modern Parenting Vintage Values. I believe I said that right. And I was reading through that particular book, and I was just thinking about it, thinking, oh, I, I wonder, my kids, do we have entitlements? It was a snowy day, and it was it was uh, everybody at home day, nobody going anywhere. I had uh, carried wood up to under the patio, and the fire was going. The TV had been going like crazy, and I was like, Ugh, turn it off. Let's have a break because I just wanted to read. And so uh, the little one was laying over on the couch with a blankie watching it snow. Um, the other one, she was in the bathroom working on hair nails that's what she does and uh, all of a sudden i heard her say mom no reply mom she just kept again and again so i began a tally i began to write down how many times on my paper because i couldn't even read now i'm just waiting mom is in the laundry room and the dryer's going she's folding or doing something and i she can't hear her, so the, the mom thing just keeps going. She just expects mom to come to her to see whatever it is she wants to show her. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So she's over there. And so and I'm just tallying away the, the entitlements that she has. And, and then when, I, when she finally, mom got there, and it was over, and I was like, oh, seven. We went through seven. Look at there. And about that time, the little one said, Dad, the fire's kind of going out. You need to go get another log. (laughs) She expected me to get up and go out in the snow and get it and bring it in. And so we, we are all dealing with these entitlements with our kids. So let's talk about this, this deserving nature, this culture that we have and how to combat it. Help kids understand wants and needs. That's where we're going to start. What are the differences in wants and needs? And so number one, 
budgeted money. Budgeted money. So here's here's the illustration. I don't know, are y'all Dave Ramsey people? Have y'all heard of the envelope system? It felt like <laughs> it felt like I was standing at the front door every day handing out twenties, like an ATM machine, as they all left to go to school. It was horrible. And so I said I said to the boys, We're gonna have to put y'all on a budget. Because we can't just keep handing out 20s every time you think of something. Like, there's got to be a budget. They're like, well, we don't know what you're talking about. I said, I know. I'm going to help you. So I, I said, here's what we do. We're going to give you all of your two weeks of money in cash. I have figured out how far it is for you to drive from here to the school, to the church, to work. And I can, I've got some money Set aside, because I know what your gas mileage is, and you can do that. And so you'll have this much money for gas. And then to eat at the school, it costs this much. And they're like, well, we don't eat at the school. And I said, well, that's your choice. But to eat at the school (laughs) costs this much, because by law, they give you a real good meal every day. And so you could eat there, (laughs) high school boys. And so you could eat there. And for entertainment, like it's about this much money to go to the to the ball game on Friday night. And if you don't go to the concession stand or anything, you'll have enough money. You could actually go to the movie the next night. It was in Chickasha. It doesn't cost too much. So you could go to the movie the next night. So Or you can go to the concession. I mean, yeah. So you've got those three things. Here's some envelopes from the bank. You know, they'll give you those envelopes. Just tell them. And so so put them in there, write on there, may have enough this week, next week. You'll be just fine. And they're like, I gave them all these ones and fives. (laughs) And they're like, oh, we're rich. And I was like, not really. You should really divide that up. Like I'm saying, it'll work better for you. And they're they're like, okay, okay, this is better. And I was like, it is (laughs) better. And so my wife all the time is going, hmm. This thing going to work. I said, it's going to work. And so, anyway, it got a little bit longer into the week, and they were getting a little short on money. And they are like, this isn't enough money for one week. And I said, actually, it is. Let's go over it again. So I went over again, everything. They're like, it's not. I said, well, have you been going and picking up other people and having to buy gas for that? And they're like, yeah, but Zach, you know, he just needs a, a ride, or, or um, Dylan just needs a ride. And I was like, uh-uh. That's not in your budget. Like, you better think about that. Unless you're going to put the money in to go pick them up, you might want them to pay for some gas. That's what I'll do. And so I heard them on the phone. Yeah, I'll come get you, but you've got to give me some money. <laughs> so they were doing that. And uh, then it got kind of toward the end of the second week. And they, they had spent too much on the weekend. And they said, you know, we don't have any money to do anything this weekend. And I was like... Uh, that's okay. Like, we have TV. It's, you know, on the antenna. It's great. And so, and we watch it. Like, good enough for us. And uh, they're like, oh, we just can't do that. And I was like, I bet you'll figure something out. And, well, I don't have enough money to drive to school. I said, not a problem. Oh, you're going to give me some more? No. You don't, it's not payday. You don't, we don't get more money just because we want it. So, um... They said, well, I don't know what we're going to do. And I said, I do. It turns out that if you'll walk right out there to the street, when the bus comes by, he will stop. 
it's his job. He has to stop and let you ride it. And he said, I'm not riding the bus. Junior in high school said, well, it's a long ways to walk, but I'll get you up early. It'd be about five for you to make it. So the next time, the next week came along, boy, they had their envelopes out. (laughs) They were getting that all figured out because they didn't get to eat part of that last week. And so... And and they were right on with, they were uh, telling each other these things like, oh, do you know there's a dollar menu? Like, you can get like a corn dog and water. It's like, water? Like, I thought that was poisonous. So I loved it that they started bargain shopping and stuff. And it really helped out so much because they had to learn to start budgeting. You know what? And that was a simple budget. There could be some other things that maybe you expanded into clothes or you expanded into weddings. <laughs> Here, this is as much money as you have. Good luck. And so I'm only being real. I, I think we, we forget maybe we are living in entitlements ourselves And we think we get to just spend and do, and then it doesn't honor the Lord with the way we have acted or or even handled our own finances. So we have to really help them see that now. So the next one is let them participate in fundraising. (laughs) Oh, this was fun. And so I, I, I listened to Dave Ramsey. I thought that made a lot of sense that if you saved your money to buy a car, then everything you save, I would match that. If I can, I'll match that. And that will be like the best savings plan you've ever had in your life, you'll ever have. And uh, so I, we started with the first one and said, that's what we'll do. And he's like, what? I was like, yeah, if you, if you save $1,000, we will match it. He said, that's only $2,000. <laughs> said, I know. If you save $6,000... He said, you'll match it? I said, yeah, 12000 will buy a pretty good car. Like, that's a lot of good car right there for a long time. But you got to start saving in order to do that. Oh, man, it was on, and they didn't do very good at all. <laughs> and you know what? I did not sign a note. They still had to figure it out. And they went back again and said, oh, I wish I had saved. I said, it's not too late. Like, you could start saving. You were going to match it? And I said, no, that boat sailed. <laughs> but you should be saving. All of us should be. You don't know how much you're going to need it at, at some time. Start small with your little ones. Uh, that whole idea of put the jars in the window this is for the church, this is for what I'm saving for and a picture of it, and this is what I get to spend. I mean, it's so a, such a visual. There's just nothing wrong with that. You can't hardly improve it. So start with those visuals and helping them to be able to save. Let me give you a couple of other ideas. Battling entitlement also involves modeling gratitude. Model gratitude. They learn... They will learn by example, and I mean by that your words. What you say, what comes out of your mouth 
is what they're learning from. So they're going to learn from your example. Uh, the next one is um, give as a family. Give as a family. Um, we needed to serve together for no benefit to us, but for the benefit of others. So we had a little lady next door, Miss Tommy. She was almost 200 years old. And so we, 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 I watched every week a big moving trailer, um, mowing trailer would come up. They'd unload a bunch of stuff and mow her yard. And then, um, then they'd load it up and leave. I promise her yard, her yard was no bigger than this room. It's such a small yard. The backyard was equally as small. It was a tiny place. I have no idea what she was paying, but I'm just sure it was a lot. And she just paid them every week to mow that little yard. And so I knew I wasn't thrilled about the idea of mowing her yard every week, especially when I had VBS or I was gone to camp and I had three camps that summer. And I, I didn't think that was going to work for me, but I went across the street and asked Danny if he and his sons would take a month. And then I asked Sean, who lived next door to him, if he and his sons would take a month, and then me and my sons would take a month, and we'd mow her yard June, July, and August, so that way she wouldn't have to pay a, a service to do that. And every one of those men were like, yeah, we should have done, been doing that already. And I was like, yeah, we we should have already been doing that. And so we did. And whenever it was August, it was good and hot then. Hmm. And we got out there with our little push mower. And there I was with my kindergartner and my second grader. And we were mowing. And they were belly aching and carrying on how they were having to do this. And, And I said, you know what? We stopped. I said, we are responsible to take care of those around us. She lives next door. Like, we should take care of her. And they've had a turn, and they've had a turn, and we haven't heard anybody complaining about doing something good for her, and so we're not going to do it either. So if you must cry, cry, but we're going to mow this yard and edge it and clean it up nice. And then we started the mower again, and we went to it. And we mowed it four times. Like, how hard was that? It was easy. So we give by serving, by your words and by your example when they get to join in doing that. The next one is be happy for others' good fortune. Be happy for others' good fortune. If if the words are coming out of your mouth, well, you know what? They just got another car. I wonder where they're getting all their money from. I heard they had a boat. We just can't see it. I don't know where it's at. And, and by the way, I heard her talking about putting in all new hardwood floors. That's going to be ridiculous. They can't afford that. Where are they getting all this money? And if that's the words coming out of your mouth, you have an entitlement problem because you're so jealous. You are. It would be better for us to say, I love your new car. That's beautiful. You went on a cruise. I want to see pictures. How wonderful for you. I love that. And put away your petty childishness of being, uh, being jealous that someone had something you didn't. Be happy for them. Be genuinely happy. And let your children hear you say those, those words. The next one, <clears throat> spend time with families like-minded. Spend time with families like-minded. 
when your children are around other people who have entitlement issues, <laughs> then that's what they hear. That's what they pick up on. Uh, so Wes, going, going through elementary, uh, our son Wes had a good friend named Cole, and Cole had everything he ever wanted. Everything, except his mom and dad weren't married to each other, and they fought. He got along okay with his, with his stepdad, just fine. He saw his dad on occasions. His mother worked as a trustee at the bank. I mean, she worked a lot of hours. She worked very hard, but she had some money, and so she would buy him things. He got lots of things, and so he, he was having trouble. He was running away, and in uh, middle school, uh, I was even going and finding him and bringing him back and trying to help. And he was, he was making some really horrible choices because he was so dissatisfied. But he had everything you can imagine. If it was new, he had it on the market, you know. And so Wes just wanted to go to his house because he had everything, like everything. And then he just wanted to come to our house, and we had nothing in comparison. But we were together, and we loved each other, and he just wanted to eat supper with us. He just wanted to be with us. And so we had him over a lot. And then I went to work for Lifeway in Nashville and we moved up there. And uh, whenever I moved, we moved up there, he just wanted to come and see us in Nashville. And so he did. He flew and he saw us. He spent some time with us and he just didn't want to go home. It was so bad. He just didn't want to go back. But the truth is he had a pickup. He had a car. He had a boat, he had a sea-doo, he had a motorcycle, and the list just went on and on. Everything, he had everything that you could buy, but he, he was so empty. He ended up committing suicide later because of the pain of being so empty. Heartbreaking. And over and over we were battling with Wes, no, we're not going to buy a motorcycle. We don't need a boat. No, we're not going to buy that. We, we can't buy that. We're buying diapers. <laughs> They're very expensive. And so, it, a formula. You know, because we had such a range of children. We have five children now. And so, anyway, he, I remember him saying, I'm only going to have one kid when I'm older. And it's like, we'll see. I was only having two. So, <laughs> anyway... So being together with families that are like-minded, and the next one, the last one there is, don't allow kids to be quitters when it gets tough. Don't allow kids to be quitters. They need to see something all the way through. It involves telling them, you have grit, dig in, do it, get it done, finish what you're doing, and stay the course, and you stay right alongside them until they finish what it is they're doing. Because if we just start something and then we don't want to do it, we just move on to something else, that's, that's what people with entitlements do. Be a finisher. It's easy to start. People like to start. Starting's fun. It's the finish line that counts. And that's where the character is developed. And you've got to see it all the way to the finish. And you've got to stay with them until they get it done. All right, let's move on to dealing with a lack of respect. 
Um, I've heard people say, how do I get my, my child to respect me? She, um, the son talks back to her constantly. Uh, their daughter rolls her eyes every time they speak to her. It always seems so disrespectful. It's like the little five-year-old that opens the Christmas gift from the grandparents and says, no, this is not what I wanted at all. This is all wrong. It just is heartbreaking. It's embarrassing for that to happen. How do we, do, how do we deal with that? The blanks there, the way, it, the way a child acts at age five is the way he acts at 15. Isn't that scary? That is so frightening. Like, you're going to need pills. That's what it feels like. Like, it feels hopeless. The way they act at five, have you seen my kid? And you're saying at 15, this is how they act? Well, it does make a difference if you will now step in and coach them, train them up in the way they're supposed to go. Help them understand what to do. Let me give you a few, a few handles on how to lead in that. First of all, when children are young, they need our words telling them what to do with their actions. They need your words telling them what to do with their actions. So, if a child gets up to bat at t-ball and he hits, the, hits it right off of the tee and he runs straight to third... <laughs> Does the crowd let him stay? Have you seen that crowd? That's a rough group. And so, anyway, the answer is no. He doesn't get to stay. He's out. Even if you cry about it, you're still out. You didn't do it right. And so the coach says, I know it seems harsh, doesn't it? It's not. The coach says, I know you hit it off the tee. You did really good. You just ran the wrong way. You'll, I know you'll know right now how to do it the next time. You go to first. You have to every time. That's the rule. And as he's walking back with him, says, next time you hit, you'll go straight to third. You'll do great next time. Try again. And he goes and, and he has to wait his turn and try again. That is how we need to do everything with our children. The phrase, try again, is your key phrase. When you're coaching your children, tell them with your words what they should do and that if they need to try again, tell them to try again. So here's an example here. Uh, Mrs. Smith is at church and she's talking, she's talking to Durbin. And so um, we have to say, find Mrs. Smith's eyes when she's talking to you. And so you might have to squat down and help him. Hey, Mrs. Smith's talking to you. Find her eyes. She's talking to you. And she, Mrs. Smith will repeat it. She understands what you're doing. You're helping him understand what it is to do. I was practicing the girls how to shake hands on the first day of school or meet the teacher night. Y'all have meet the teacher. And so we were going to practice shaking hands, and uh, we were in Sam's. <laughs> I said, you know, tomorrow night it's meet the teacher. We're going to have to go in and... I want you to introduce yourself and shake their hand and introduce yourself. And they're like, oh, no, really? It's like, yes, that is very respectful. They're going to be your teacher. You need to introduce yourself and hear what their name is, too. Well, you know them all. It's like, no, 
We're going to do it. You have to shake their hand. They're like, okay. And it's like, let's practice right now. And Kaylee's like, Quince Sam's. <laughs> I know. Shake my hand. And so she shook it. And I said, oh, that's horrible. Here, try again. <laughs> so I said, yeah, that's better. Now, look me in the eyes. Good. All right, let's try. Here we go. She said, this hurry. <laughs> it's like, hi, I'm Mark Jones. And she said, hi, I'm Kaylee Jones. I said, that's pretty good. Actually, that was really good. Do it one more time. Hi, I'm Mark Jones. And, and she said, hi, I'm Kaylee Jones. I said, very good. Now you start. Oh, I know. Let's just be done. It's like, you start. Hi, I'm Kaylee Jones. And so I shook her hand. And I said, just like that. So then I did it with Gracie, too. And she was just going to the little kids. And the teachers were wonderful. We walked in, and they, they put their hand out and shook their hand and said, Hi, I'm Kaylee Jones. And Mrs. Johnson said, Well, hi, I'm Mrs. Johnson. I'm so glad to meet you. I'm very impressed. And she said, I've been teaching here for 36 years, and no one has ever done that. And I said, 36 years? You? you? She said, Yes. I said, well, you are well-preserved. <laughs> and with that, Kaylee was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Here he I didn't, I mean, she didn't look at it. She looked pretty good. That's all I'm saying. All right, so if your preschooler's following you going, eh, 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 what do they want? Tie a shoe. And so it's a great time to squat down, eye to eye, eye contact's powerful, and say, would you like for me to tie your shoe? And they'll go, mm-hmm. And say, let me hear you say, will you tie my shoe, please? And make them say it. Try again. Let's say it all. Will you tie my shoe, please? Good. I like it when you use those words. I'm glad to help when you ask nicely. And so you have to try again. And give them your words and try again. You are their first and most influential teacher in all things, including respect. So they're going to see this from you. Teaching respect strategies. One, give the polite words to say, please, thank you, yes, Mr., Mrs., sir, ma'am. I don't know how you feel about ma'am, but I like it. And so uh, tell them to use those words and uh, practice them with them. Number two, focus on a few polite words, but mainly work on eye contact and asking. Don't demand. And then add a few more after that. Don't, don't try to overwhelm them. Just begin the process wherever they're at. Number three, reinforce. I'm much more willing to do for you when you say please. So praising them when you say that. Uh, I love that you said please. That was very kind. And I'm more willing to do things for you. The next one, number four, stay consistent inside and outside the home. Now, why would that be important? Consistency inside the home and outside the home. Yeah. Yeah, actually, those meltdowns and stuff in a restaurant, they think that, you won't do anything, but you will. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. 
And isn't it interesting how your children will operate for their teacher a certain way? Maybe differently for you? And it's because she has given her expectations of how things will operate and you have not. So you have to give your expectations. Grandparents, you give your expectations the way things are at your house too. Because you may be letting kids do things that they go home and get in trouble for. And if you, had, if you could see them getting in trouble at home, then you probably wouldn't allow that. So be consistent inside the homes as well. All right? The next one, help them find expressive words. <laughs> My girls went through a whole phase of just saying weird. Just so weird. Um, <laughs> we needed some new words. So this is what happened. Kaylee was in middle school. And please don't tell my children these stories. So Kaylee was in middle school, and she kind of liked the way her body was changing. Like, kind of proud of it even. I hated it. Like, ugh. My little girl was like, not. And so I, I one day we're going to be late for school. She comes out of the bedroom. We're like, come on, we've got to go. And so she comes in. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. And she comes in. Oh, my gosh. She looked, it was terrible. And so I just said, so, is today Hoochie Mama Day? And she said her favorite word, what? I said, like, today, is today Hoochie Mama Day? I mean, I know, like, you have Spirit Day, Crazy Salt Day. Like, is today Hoochie Mama Day? And she's like, no. I said, well, then look at the way you are dressed. Like, you shouldn't have even come out of the bedroom looking like that. That's terrible. And she said, what? I was like, Kaylee, look, that's not appropriate at all. You go in and find some appropriate clothes, or I'll let me go find some for you. I'll do it. It's like, you go in and change. Well, we're going to be late. It's like, mm-hmm, we are. We definitely are. And so you go, try again. And I told her, try again. She, she did this. <sighs> Stomped off. And I said, wait, wait, wait. She turned around. What? And I said, I know that you're frustrated at me and you don't want to change clothes, but you cannot be disrespectful. I expect you to turn around and go change those clothes. But I didn't. It's like, wait, you're going to get in worse trouble arguing with me. You, you sighed, rolled your eyes, stomped your foot. That was all very clear. And now, we've gone on to a new thing. Like, you can try again and change those clothes. So she did this. <laughs> I said, Wait. Wait, wait, wait. She turned around. What? I said, you rolled your eyes. I know that you're frustrated with me. I am equally as frustrated with you. But you cannot be disrespectful. She said, but I, I said, you rolled your eyes. You sighed. That's all disrespectful. So you just try it again, and I'll watch this time. Like I wouldn't. So she did this. 
I mean, where's your standard going to be? Like, you're going to have to keep it there. If you ever lower it, now you have to operate here. So it's got to be at the right place. And we were extremely late. And so that's okay. I went in and told the secretary the whole thing. And and Kaylee's just sitting there having to relive it. So, and the secretary, she was a good friend too. She was like, mm, Kaylee. Mm. It's pretty funny. The next one, <clears throat> don't overreact to their overreacting. <laughs> Let me say that again. It's worth repeating. Don't overreact to their overreacting. You know what? You have you have got to be firm on this. You've got to find who you are and and be that that mom, be that dad. And so Wes had heard from Bradley across the street that if you want something really bad, you just have to go in and throw a fit in the floor. <laughs> You'll get it every time if you just throw a fit. And so he he decided that he wanted a little Debbie. And so he came in. We're in the kitchen. I'm filling up the glasses with ice. I'm about to make some tea. Mom is taking stuff off the stove. We're going to the table to eat supper. And he comes in and says, I want a little Debbie. And we're like, no. Like, go wash your hands. We're fixing to eat. He's like, no, I want a little Debbie. I said, absolutely not. We're fixing to eat. Look, we're going to the table. Go wash your hands. And then he laid in the floor and threw a fit. I hadn't, we'd never seen it. Uh, this is what it looks like. And so I reached over and grabbed that pitcher of water and just poured it. I just poured it right on him. He came up out of the floor. He was like, look, I'm all wet. Look what you did. Why'd you do that? And I said, well, you were all upset and hot. And I thought I'd cool you off. Your shirt's all wet. You better go change. Wash your hands. It's time to eat. He went in the other room, and we were like, oh, that was so good. <laughs> it never works out that good. So it was great. Don't overreact to their overreacting. Just not worth it. All right. So here, this is worth emphasizing. If you give an angry response, they will come back angry and disrespectful. Matter of fact, let me just say, girls will power up. No, you can't do that. Well, the reason is I need to, like, the girls power up. I hate that part. Girls power up. And the problem is, is when they do it with their mothers. Because mothers are girls. And they power up. Then the girl powers up again. Then the mom powers up again. Honestly, you just have to go outside. It's just not going to go well. It's just not. That power thing that goes on. Ladies, am I close on this? Guys, if you haven't seen that yet, don't. Leave. Go outside. Number seven, give a chance to say something differently. After that exit, either you or they have to go. And I put them there, their bedroom. Let me just say, um, 
if the powering up happens and you give them one chance to make a difference and they don't, then there's going to have to be an exit because it's just going to turn into a big fighting match. Someone's got to leave. Either they have to go and start thinking about what, what's going on or you have to go. Now, if you're sending your child to their bedroom to think about it and it's Disneyland in there, <laughs> what are you thinking? Send me to my bedroom. Send me to my bedroom. I'd be great with that too. I'll take a nap. So, so you got to think about it. it. It might be better to say, uh-huh, I see what's happening here. I believe it'll be a good time for you to sit on the fireplace hearth and think about this. Sit in the dining room on that chair and think about it. I'll be back to check with you whenever you've had some time to consider all this. And there, someone's got to exit and think about this. I even had one grandmother keeping her grandchildren. Um, she had a two-year-old, and she said, you, you try to sit them, they'll just follow you. She said, so I finally put myself in timeout. Like, I said, that's it. I'll go to my bedroom. We can't play. She'd go to her room, shut the door, and she'd lay on her bed like, ugh, because the child was, like, screaming at the door, knocking and stuff. Like, no, grandmother's in timeout because you won't do what you're supposed to do, so we can't be together yet. Well, she didn't have to worry about where the child was. She could tell. <laughs> and so it just switched roles, and it worked. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, we better go. Oh, it's probably time for you. No, not yet. Okay, here we go. The next one is earn it. Earn it. It sounds strange that kids should naturally, because kids should naturally respect their parents, but really, you need to earn it. How do you speak to them? Let me just ask that. How do you speak to your children? Do you call them names? And you might think, well, I don't call my children names. But there are people who call their children names. They think being sarcastic is, is funny. But children don't understand sarcasm. It doesn't make sense. It only sounds mean. They don't get the humor in it. And so be very wise in the way you talk to your children because if you're calling them names, why, why would it be so bad that they would call you names? So be, be wise about that. The next one is, our children learn they can trust us since we care for them. Trust leads to respect. Let me just say, trust and respect are the same. You just can't have trust without respect, respect without trust. You can't. They, they are synonymous. They're together. All right. And the last one is, how, how can we build trust and respect? Let me give you a few handles on that. How to build trust and respect. Number one, be fair. Listen and consider the child's perspective, even if it's wrong. I don't know if you've seen this yet. I have. I listened, and they went through their whole, their whole speech, and then finished. was like, no, never, just never mind, because it's all crazy. It's not, it didn't even work. <laughs> But they just like needed to say it, and then not like forget it. It's like, yeah, because it doesn't work. <laughs> All right. Number two, be trustworthy. If your child tells you something and says, "Don't tell anyone," don't tell anyone. Don't post it on Facebook, Instagram it. Don't, don't, don't. Don't call your mother and say, "Oh, Dumplin just did this cute little thing. She didn't want you to know, but she's so cute." No, you said, she said, don't tell anyone. 
You should have asked her. Well, let's just at least call grandmother. Tell her. Mm -mm. You be wise about that. Don't tell anyone. All right. The next one, number three, be reliable. Help people know that you will um, help them know that you will keep your word and your promises. Be reliable. If you say you're going to be there, be there. If you say you're going to do it, you have to do it. By the way, if you say this is your punishment, two weeks, this, you have to do it. And you shouldn't have been so stupid to say two weeks. <laughs> I mean, you'll learn that lesson right now. Because two weeks is forever for you. So, I, you, we all learned that when, so let me just say it's coming. But you have to stay, if you, if you come along sometime there in the middle and go, oh, you've been such an angel, it's all great, we can be done with this now. Hmm. Now you've opened for negotiations. You can be negotiated with on everything because you, you weren't reliable. You changed it. So you have to stay by it. The next one, number four, be a good listener. Be ready to pause the TV. If you uh, turn off the, uh, the entertainment that you might be able to be a good listener. Number five, be honest. Be honest. Tell them the truth, but be age appropriate. Hmm. We got to be age appropriate. So, we pulled up into the Walmart parking lot, and the boys were uh, in the back seat of the truck, and uh, they were uh, kindergarten and second grade. And I heard them, No, you ask him. You ask him. I'm not going to ask him. You ask him. And I finally just said, Ask me what? And finally, the littlest one said, <laughs> Wes said, All right. What sex? <laughs> well, I don't want to talk about this. Not in the Walmart parking lot with a kindergartner, second grader. So I was praying. And then it came to me because he always does. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, like we're boys. They said, yeah. Uh -huh. And like mom's a girl. I said, yeah, yeah. I said, well, that's your sex. <laughs> it's called male and female. They're like, really? And I said, yeah, it's on forms. Like, you'll have to check it. Male, female. They're like, oh. It's like, let's go. I do have to say, like, when they were getting married, I was like, I want us to go on a special little uh, trip to Sonic. I'm going to tell you all about sex. And they were like, no. I am. Let's go. It's like, I don't want to go. <laughs> so funny. We had already talked about Really, sex education happens in the bathtub. I think that's a great place to talk about all of that. When it's right there and they're so small and you're talking about them and they're like, oh, that's what it's called? Yes. I'd say sex education happens in the bathtub. <laughs> you're welcome. That wasn't really part of this. <clears throat> Number six, be bigger than they are. Children strive for power, but they really don't want it. Um, I told you about girls powering up. 
they they really don't want the power and and the deal is if they if there's a line they're not supposed to cross it what do they do how close and then and you see it wait they're like what and they're in trouble whatever the consequence is they're sad they cry they're so upset but the truth is inside they're going oh good dad hasn't changed he's still the same and it builds security in their lives and even though they may fight against that and they don't like it they know that you are the strength because you're not going to have that now there's an old farmer's um way my pastor told me this and when i was at chickasha because he's a farmer and he said when we were growing up if you wanted to break a colt a new colt you would just tie them to a donkey like that's how you break them because the donkey won't go anywhere won't do anything just stand there sit like they don't do anything and the colt will yank and pull and kick and pitch bite and carry on and then one day the colt will stop and he'll be broke and it'll all be great he said you're the you're the donkey like they're going to be all the kicking and the pitching and biting and carrying on but you just got to stand there you're the donkey look at your neighbor and say you are the donkey <laughs> All right, let me, give you, let me give you these last few blanks because some of y'all won't be able to sleep if there's not a word in the blank. So just give them to you. The next one is you have to model it. The way, the way that you respect others is what they see. So I believe what we model in our life is the strongest form of teaching our children. They follow your lead. So what, what do you do to model? Well, number one, what do you say to your friends in front of your kids. It's amazing to me how grown-ups can have adult conversations with little children around. Even at church, I have to remind adults, ah, not here. Like, don't say those things here. You got to <laughs> go wash your mouth out. <laughs> so be careful what, how you talk with your friends when children are around. Number two, how do you respond to your parents? What do you say about your parents? If you're talking about respecting parents, what do you say about your parents? What do you say about your in-laws? <laughs> Number three, how do you talk about yourself, about your body? Because they're hearing that too. That's important. Number four, how do you speak? I put on here a waitress. It should be a server. But how do you talk to anybody who's serving you? Because the way you talk to them opens the door for them to also speak that way. And we have to be very careful. We're setting the bar for our children. Whatever you crack the door on, they'll just kick it wide open. Because you've already cracked the door. So be wise. The last one is require it. This is the bottom line. Define what respect is for your child. And you need to be clear. Say that was respectful. Thank you. That is so disrespectful. Try again. Say it so they'll know what it is. Very good. Matter of fact, I remember I remember my own mother, even when we were grown children, and she would say, mm, 
that sounds so disrespectful coming out of your mouth. I hope you'll say it a different way. She just still had a way of pointing those type of things out. So be very careful. Make it clear. Number two, explain how to treat others everywhere, at the store, at the church, at school, how we talk to people, how we help people, how we serve others. Number three, change behavior by giving consequences when they miss the mark. And that's a whole other conference in itself, the consequences. But give those consequences. Let me just say, as a final comment, don't get distracted by their outbursts. You shouldn't be so surprised that children wouldn't act like children. They're little kids. Don't get distracted by their outbursts. And also, don't get distracted by your own fear of failure as a parent. That can be a huge distraction from you doing the right thing. Thank you all for letting me be here. Thanks for listening to Build. Our desire is to walk with you. We hope the episode helps you better understand your kids and engage with them more intentionally. The Build conversation never ends. Visit fbcowasso.org to stay connected and discover an incredible community of people who are on this journey together. We look forward to building an incredible story with you.